Prepare to be astonished. It's that time again. Let's get started. From the Clatsop County Historical Society, an adventure in history with Matt Burns and Alana Quila. You should never be allowed to talk to people. Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. And now, with today's adventure, it's Mac and Alana. Good evening, and welcome back to An Adventure in History. I'm Alana Quila with Providence Seaside Hospital, here tonight with Mac Burns, Executive Director, Clatsop County Historical Society. How are you? Good. It's September. S- September. How did that happen? I-, I don't know. It feels like it should be, okay, we've just flipped from June to July. Right. I feel I like know. the summer just disappeared on us. Because summer came late, and then it's, you know... Time to start school. Okay. It's kind of crazy. Although my my nieces, well, they're like one of them's a school teacher, so they're not kids, but they're all in Florida. Yeah. And they've been in school since like August 10th. Yeah. <laughs> Some I, craziness. That's true. It, which is nice. When I went to college, even, it, it, we got to start early, but we were out early too. Which See, is also that's nice. not right. No, I'm, I'm an East Coast, <laughs> Northeast Coast kid, and you go to you, you start school after Labor Day. Oh, okay. And then you're in through like half of June. Yeah. So. And it's it is Labor Day and weekend. That's right. Yeah. So I that's mean, why I mentioned it. Happy Labor Day, <laughs> and then also happy birthday to my niece. She's eight years old. Oh my god! Wow. I know. Nifty. She's yep. Big birthday party plans. Uh, yes, we always celebrate her, and so tomorrow there'll be a big birthday party. Well, how exciting! Yeah. So happy birthday, Alma Rose. And and you, we realize you recruit family. Yep. To be guests. Sure. Mm-hmm. Work colleagues to be guests. That's right. And and now neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> She's getting low on the barrel. <laughs> We've done some strangers too. That's I mean, true. We, we won't say that they're off the hook entirely. But if you know Mac true. or me, <laughs> we're coming for you at some point. <laughs> but but I, I I'm always like a little curious. Like, what's your connection to Alana when I when I have not met somebody before? Right. And I was amused that. This is your dad's neighbor. Yeah, my parents. Yeah, and Aaron. Yeah. Well, I kind of gave it away. You did. So, well, welcome, Roman. Thank you. Uh, can you say your last name for us? Bondrisco. There we go. Holy moly. You say know. that again. I like that. Bondrisco. 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 Wow. How do you spell that? V-O-N-D-R-I-S-K-A. Oh, Just I was like saying, it sounds. I was yeah. saying it with a B. Most people do. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I'm fascinated because my name is not as cool as that but it throws people off because <laughs> it's mcandrew but i go by mac so they always think it's mac andrew right that's true well, no it's mick andrew it's just mac when i shorten it so we should so. call you mc oh, there you go um no that would not work for me <laughs> <laughs> now we know I've, I've had lots of 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 andrew sure where they just drop the mick i've had a lot of mick i've even had a mickey for a Oof. while yeah that I did not approve of. No, but okay. All right, let's move on. Let's move on because this is going to be. We've a got fun more show. to go to. Yeah, just just by your name alone, I know this is going to be a good show. So these are things that happen tomorrow, September fifth. Yep. yep. Uh, in case you're uh, keeping track. At and your Labor Day barbecues. That that's exactly yep. it. Tomorrow, mm-hmm. perfect perfect barbecue fodder. There you go. If you don't want to talk about hamburgers and hot dogs, okay. Uh, Sixteen ninety eight. Mm. Russian Tsar Peter the Great imposes a tax. On beards. Oh. Oh, you're going to have to pay. I would be shaving right now. <laughs> I love that. But again, I know I've said this before, but you know, it says something when you name your kid Peter the Great. Right. <laughs> because they did that, right? <laughs> Is there a Peter the, the mediocre? 
<laughs> you think, is there some guy that goes, eh, Peter, okay. He goes by Pete. <laughs> Pete, yeah, that's right. Uh, 1793, the French Revolution, the Reign of Terror begins. That's not good. No. All right, uh, 1836, Sam Houston is elected as president of Texas because Texas was a foreign country for a while. Oh. An old, in, their, their own independent country. Oh, I think they still call it their own country. <laughs> they, they put that more so today they do, than ever yes. before. Um, that's funny. 1847, outlaw Jesse James is born in Missouri. Oh. I kind of like Jesse James, of course. Of course. So ties in with the Pony Express, or at least St. Joe, Missouri. Uh, 1877, Sioux military leader Crazy Horse is killed. Saw that. Mm-hmm. 1885, the first gasoline pump is delivered to a gasoline de- dealer in Fort Wayne, Indiana. 1885. Genius. Isn't that amazing? It is. It is. I was very struck by that date. Yeah. The pump. Like, yeah, the pump. Probably cost a lot, too. Yeah. Sure. 1889, German uh, Christine Hart uh, patents the first modern brassiere. Ooh. So do we say thank you, or are we annoyed mm. by that? Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to I comment. go either way. Okay. Because um, <laughs> they haven't changed much. <laughs> <laughs> I've never really studied the history of the brassiere <laughs> to know how much changes there There's been. a show there. <laughs> I'm going to have to investigate that. There we that. go. You'll find somebody who... Yeah. Knows a little bit about them. <laughs> you know, we get not not often, but enough that I'm always like, huh, maybe I should learn something about Victorian underwear. We get yeah. that question a lot oh, in the Flavelle House. And by yeah. a lot for that one, I mean like three or four right. times a year. Sure, because it's hot, right? Or cold. But but I never have an answer. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what their <laughs> underwear looked like <laughs> or their undergarments. Right. All right. Um, it's going to get worse. Trust me. Uh, 1969, Lieutenant uh, William Kelly is charged for the My Lai uh, massacre, the mm. deaths of 109 Vietnamese citizens. Um, wow. It does even get worse. 1972, massacre begins at the Munich Olympics. Yep. Um, 1975, Gerald Ford survived first assassination attempt by uh, Squeaky Fromm. Gerald yeah. Ford. You know. Come on. <laughs> He's Gerald Ford. Why do you try to kill him? What did he ever do? Exactly. <laughs> maybe that was the problem. Maybe. maybe. Could uh, be. Okay, so I knew you weren't going to like this one, Alana, but it made me laugh, and I really didn't remember it, and I really should. 1991, AIDS activists unfurl a giant condom over Senator Jesse Helms' home on the sunny morning of September 5th, 1991, in the Washington, D.C. suburb of Arlington, Virginia, a group of activists arrive at the home of North Carolina Senator Jesse Helms. Using ladders, several of them climb to the roof of the house, and from there they unfurl a giant piece of fabric, which is then inflated by their comrades on the front lawn. <laughs> oh my gosh. Soon the senator's home is surrounded by a giant yellow condom reading, A Condom to Stop Unsafe Politics. Helms is Deadlier Than a Virus a decidedly unsettled response to Helms's uh, opposition to gay rights and to uh, funding AIDS research and treatment. And instead of getting mad, he just came out and said, wow, this is kind of impressive. Probably. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> probably but why not. don't I remember this? I, d- <laughs> I, I don't remember it either. <laughs> and how did they have that much time? time. <laughs> yeah, there's so many more questions I have after I read this. That and cloth. I mean, I, yeah. this is... What did it look like? Did it really look like... I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, I mean, homes there are... And and I had time. I, sh- I really should Google this to like see if there's pictures or yeah. more of the story. Well, the rest of you can do that. That's right. Um, but our history highlight of the day, thing I think, had the most inter- uh, impact on history. It wasn't that, believe it or not. Um, 1774, the first Continental Congress convenience. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So there we go. That is a good one. Hey, maybe it's time for us to leave. Continental Congress. Yeah. 
So 1774 on this date. Way to go. Good job. Couple. Uh, 1910, Marie Curie demonstrates the transformation of radium ore to metal at the Academy of Sciences in France. I feel so badly for her. Right. But I mean, she just, I mean, she did plow the way for a lot of women, even in those early 1900s, late 1800s. So fun fact, I just read this, not recent, not too long ago, that her um, journals, like her scientific diaries, what Mm -hmm. she was keeping records of, are so um, radioactive that they're in a sealed like lead box and nobody will be able to actually see them for like another thousand years. Oh, no. Yeah. Wow. I read it, so it must oh, be true. So it must be true. <laughs> you it was in a magazine, so it wasn't actually like on the internet. Uh, and then one more, 1958, Martin Luther King Jr. is arrested in an Alabama protest for loitering, and he's fined $14 for refusing to obey police. <laughs> okay, $14. I'm sure that was just a point that they were making. They really didn't care about the money. Right. Like, ha, and, you're guilty. And loitering. But this actually yeah. is a good segue because Roman's background is in law enforcement. Yes, it is. It wow, is. that was slick. That, yeah, I saw this one. And uh-huh. It jumped out. He could talk about some other uh, protests and things that he's seen. But why don't we just start with uh, first, uh, how did you end up here on the North Coast? Oh, well, 2003, started uh, getting ready for retirement. I retired in 05 and uh, started looking around. And so my wife and I, we took a trips every uh, once in a while. We'd go all over the Pacific Northwest and over to Idaho and check out housing and areas and stuff. And we were coming up this way and we, she didn't want to come this far north. Oh. So I kind of snuck her up this way and we got, we got up here and got into Astoria and got a bed and breakfast. We're just kind of hanging out and Morning went to Pig and Pancake for breakfast and saw the little real estate brochure. Yeah. I had this new development called Hidden Estates out in Hammond. And we took a drive out there. She fell in love with it. Oh. We picked out our lot and uh, went. So the rest is history. I love that. So had you ever been to Astoria before? I'd been through, uh, I take. I used to ride a motorcycle separately from the job also. And uh, we were coming, me and a buddy came up here once and I drove through and it was a really kind of quaint little area. So... Mm. I said, oh, let's go look around. And like I say, it was, that's only been through here once before. And, and you, you, both times they were sunny? <laughs> um, no, the first time oh. it was raining. Okay. And everybody I talked to said, just get used to it. It never changes. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. But when you brought your wife. Brought my wife, it was beautiful. <laughs> the weather was great. It was a sunny day. Yeah. <laughs> Everything worked so, out perfect. She said, this we is went great. Over, hey, right. We went over and checked out the housing development. There was only six homes built at the time. Oh, wow. So we looked at the models and the rest of them were all vacant lots. So we and, picked one that backed up to the forest. So we'd never have anybody living behind us. And so, it will always be that way then. Right. Because right. oh, it's sweet. Fort Stevens State okay. Park. So Perfect. that's our that's my backyard. Okay. Unless Fort yeah. Stevens sells it. That's right. Well, that's true. But they're not going to. Probably so. not. So, not in our lifetime. So before you, you actually eat breakfast at Pig and Pancake and see the real estate, what all had you actually done in the area? Or was that like the that, get there the night and the next morning? That was basically it. We came in that evening. Um, we found a little bed and breakfast. We went there. It was... Uh, 4th of July, right around 4th of July weekend, mm-hmm. we were coming up the coast. We, we got in traffic at Garibaldi, and it took us three hours and 20 minutes to get from there to here. Oh, no. So it wasn't a good start. We got yeah. to the bed and breakfast, <laughs> and uh, the gal there sent us down to the Colombian Cafe for dinner because, mm-hmm. I mean, oh, just yeah. wonderful food. Sure. And we got looked, drove around a little bit, looked. It was kind of nice, you know, like a quaint little city. So that was kind of thing. 
Yeah, beautiful area. Okay. Yeah, it is. But the part of the story he left out was they made it just in time at four o'clock. They went through the Flavel House and they said, if we could ever live in Astoria or Warrington, this would be it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. what I, I was I was hoping for, but I'm sorry. It's didn't okay. Left that part out. <laughs> Columbia well, Cafe, it, Pick and Pancake, Ben Breakfast. I know. That's okay. Perfect. All these things. Yeah, Fort Stevens State so, Park. So but, back up a little bit. Where did yep. you come from and what was your career in since we know it's yes. law enforcement but not defined? <laughs> well, I retired out of, uh, I lived in South Lake Tahoe, California. and uh, But I did uh, 27 years with the California Highway Patrol. Started in Southern California. Did 15 years down there. And I had enough of it. I finally had the seniority. I was promoted to sergeant and transferred to South Lake Tahoe. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, my, I, my dad and I think we might have even like crossed paths at that time because I lived in Reno and worked in television at the time. But you weren't a PIO, though. So No, I wasn't. Um, but I did a lot but, of PSAs. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, so. For winter driving and all that good stuff. Oh, so, oh so nice. Yeah. But um, you, you skipped over some the highlight reel here. I know. Because uh, there are some sort of, uh, well, there's some cases that you covered or were a part of that some people may know about. Oh, I'm sure they do. Um, <laughs> say, like, maybe one that involved a white Bronco. Yeah. Um, oh, I was working what, the day. What was that, your view? Uh, what was my day? view? My view was very up close and personal. So I, um, I was working. I was supervisor, and I listened to the radio, and I heard the sheriff's department had OJ uh, coming up the Interstate 5 freeway. So it goes through my area. So I got, I was riding motorcycles at the time. So I got on the motorcycle and I took off and I caught up to him on the, right as he came onto the 91 freeway. Because it was slow. It was slow. It was like a parade. (laughs) It was, it was something else. You really had to be there to see it. I'm pulling onto the freeway and I look up and there's at least 14 helicopters circling overhead. I was afraid they're going to run into each other and fall on me. And uh, so we take off down the freeway and like I say, we're doing about 35, 40 miles an hour. People stopped on the other side of the freeway in the center divider, standing on the hoods and roofs of their cars, waving. Every oh overpass gosh. had people on it, waving and hollering. And how um, did you clear the traffic? How did that... I used to, my other motorcycles that were working for me, we, we basically shut the ramps off, kind of like okay. doing a presidential motorcade. We just leapfrogged down the freeway, shut the ramps down, so we'd keep people from coming in and doing something stupid. And uh, just took him on till I had to got relieved by another motor sergeant oh and took him all the way home. And could you see him? In yeah, I drove oh, yeah. up. I was right up alongside him. He's sitting right there. So. And how did uh, how did he look? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he was very calm, just sitting just there, looking around. Interesting. Yeah, it was. Uh, and and what are you thinking at that point? Like, how ridiculous this is? We should pull him over? Well, is this? Yeah, besides I, a helicopter, they, he might fall it, on you. Yeah. Well, it was. Uh, the sheriff's department started it. And since they started it, usually when they're on the freeway, they relinquish it to the highway patrol. But they didn't want to give it up because it was OJ. So they were making all the calls as far as they just wanted us to provide traffic control and assistance going down the freeway. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, we should have got a spike strip out and stopped them and taken it over instead of causing a major traffic jam through right. downtown L.A. Well, and, and do you know the thought process? Was there any debrief on that? Was it truly just that they wanted him at a place where they're were fewer cameras or I mean because couldn't they they could have cleared the airspace too I mean that oh, yeah. shocks me yeah. that there's 14 helicopters and no one uh nope. closed it nope I, I did I didn't get on the debrief of it oh, unfortunately that was all the uppers 
I yeah. was just a lowly sergeant, then, you know, lieutenants and captains. Yeah, I've got and chiefs got into that escort. Right, I was just an escort detail. Yeah. Okay, so real, real ignorance here, but since the the sheriff's office is the one that's in command or in charge, right? Are you able to hear like all of the conversations, or is the highway department, or highway police, on a different? We're in California. We're all on a different frequency. Okay. I had it on. I we have scanners in the patrol cars, but on the motorcycle, we didn't. I couldn't hear what they were talking about. So I was all getting relayed through dispatch. So you can't hear their conversations. Exactly. Go, what an idiot! Why are they doing that? <laughs> exactly. Okay. And can you remind me so uh, the timeline? So obviously it was a very violent crime scene. How quickly did they then go and try and get OJ? Do you oh, re- this was, was a, this was a immediate. Weeks, no, oh, this a week, was weeks later. Weeks later. See, yeah. I did not remember that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was gone, and they hadn't found him, and they were looking for him. Oh, and okay. A sheriff was coming up for you. Happened to spot his Bronco, and <laughs> there we go. There it is. The right. rest is history. Right. So, so if our loyal listeners. Google and look at this. Where are you if they're looking at footage? Oh right. If it's the right time and it's when you're with the the Bronco, where where are you in relation? I'd be behind. Uh, I'd be the first. If I got a picture at home, I I didn't oh. even know there was a the, my a picture of me in it. But I went to my buddy's house and up on the wall here's he's got this picture of the pursuit and there I am sitting right there just behind the Bronco. Oh. Uh, be the right side. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sweet. I'm still looking Just, that up. I'm still looking in. <laughs> and I'm going to say, I know that guy. <laughs> so there's another, another uh, uh, also very popular or publicized case, too, that you were involved with. Um, although I, when I did look it up, um, it looked like you were very, just very, you got a small role or a small part in the Rodney King, the day of the Rodney King riots. Right. So, the riots or the incident itself? Well, you, you I, tell me. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I was the on-duty sergeant for the, well, Highway Patrol started the chase of Rodney King. Okay. I was the on-duty supervisor, and I was probably 25, 30 miles away. And I heard it all going down over the radio. Um, I had a brand-new trainee with me that was having problems, so I went and rode with him that night. And we just got a wreck with a drunk, and she's walking around the freeway and everything. So I'm dealing with that, and I'm hearing this on the radio. And uh, listening to the pursuit, and it went on for probably 15 minutes. And then it came to a stop, and uh, right. everything else is on video. But uh, my officers were there, the two officers that started it. Um, LA Police Department came mm-hmm. up, and they told our officers they'd handle it since it was in the city of LA. And they directed them off to the side, and they, did, they conducted the, the arrest. Yeah, and then wow. uh, both so, of the riot situations I went to. So, but it was so they but they weren't your officers. No, the ones that did everything right. Yeah. That, that's mine. why I just wanted to make sure I, I clarified. Oh no, yeah, no, it wasn't mine. Yeah. No, not they. Did they mine. witness that though? I mean, it's that they were on the other too. side. Of, they were on the other side of the car. They okay. saw a little bit of it, but yeah. they didn't see the whole thing because they were would be behind the car. He came out of the driver's side, and they were on the uh, passenger side, yeah. way mm-hmm. to the back. They were working, getting the, the uh, two passengers that were in the car. They got oh. them out, and uh, they were handcuffing them at the time that they were. The rest was going on. So I wouldn't but, have even remembered there were other guys in the I car. I know I didn't. Yeah, there were two other gentlemen in the car. Wow. So. And okay. so, how does that, that stay with you? So then, then again, I mean, later you're talking to your uh, patrolmen, right? Your troopers. Um, and you now know what else has happened. I mean, because that too, the information came out. Came out the, that the evening. Okay. I didn't, when we got done that morning, I talked to the officers. Well, I went to the hospital where uh, Rodney was taken. Uh, talked to the 
sure, uh, the police department, the sergeant, he told me they'd handle everything. It was their incident. Right. I said, okay, fine. I, you know, I didn't know all of what had transpired. I knew he was injured because he resisted arrest. Sure. Mm. And then that evening I came to work and lo and behold, uh, get a call from the, you know, the chief saying, um, have you seen the television? Yeah. <laughs> no, I've been oh, wow. busy getting ready to go to work. So. And how did that, that footage get released so fast? Um, there, well, there was a gentleman across the street okay. who was at home and he had the old VCR camera, you know, the big wow. camera yeah. and he was taking video of it and, um, got done, notified the news. It says, Hey, I got something you might want to see. Yeah. So he didn't and, share it with the law enforcement first. Well, actually he tried oh. to, Oh, okay. he went into the mm-hmm. front desk of the LAPD and said, I have something for you. And they said, no, we don't need it. Oh, and sent him away. That's incredible. So this is, and this is prior to body cameras and right. everything, yeah, no, right? Yeah, no body cameras, none of that. Um, yeah, so then as you're trying to sort of take in what had happened, because right. it's, it's quite serious, um, but also then the, uh, the turn of events changed too with the, the riots then taking place. So how do you deal with all of that? How do you deal with the emotional trauma of your own law enforcement and yet something that's also about to be very dangerous for them as well. They're about to go out and be in a very dangerous position. It's, it's tough. I mean, it, I don't know how to really explain it. Um, unfortunately, we do this kind of stuff all the time, yeah. which, is, which we don't, you know, shouldn't have to. But like the first night of the riots, I took a squad um, down to L.A. And we, we set up about two blocks from Florence and Normandy where it all started with, um, you know, Reginald Denny when they drug him out of the truck. I got in there at about 11 o'clock, and there's shots fired. They're, they're burning buildings around us. Mm. Um, it's, you know, it's dramatic, you know, and it's hard hard to deal with. I can't even imagine, I mean, looking at, like, the January 6th and just you know, when you storming our embassy in 1979 in Iran. I mean, just I can't imagine an angry mob that you know is all wound up, and you've got five guys with you or six guys with you and you might have a shield and a baton. I can't imagine the fear and the, I have a a job I'm supposed to be doing, but this mass of people is coming at me and they're throwing things and they're swinging things. I, I I just, I can't wrap my mind around it. It's, it's, it's a whole different atmosphere. It's all your, it's, everything's done on the fly. I mean, it's easy to watch something on television afterwards and say, Oh, they should have done this, should have done that. Mm -hmm. Well, you have it happening right before you and right right in minutes. I mean, the next morning we spent, my first day was 18 hours out there. So the, in the morning when the sun finally came up, we started driving around because of all the looting. I mean, you pull up in front of a building and, you know, people are just flying. I got, you know, there's four of us. Right. And there's 100 people coming out carrying everything. I mean, what do you do? You right. can't, you know, you can't arrest everybody, mm-hmm. you know, and you're just trying, you know, get them to put stuff down and leave the area. And hopefully you don't, you know, end up getting shot while you're there. Right. And you've yet to debrief anything that right. happened, too. So I would think, too, there'd be some frustration in what your fellow officers had done, not your colleagues. but And yet you didn't even have time to process that. You have to move on. Right. So yeah. as someone in law enforcement, how do you move on from that? How do you, I mean, I, I know we're jumping around, but um, how do you just walk, go about your day now? I mean, when you hear sirens, do you, do you feel any? No. Uh, no? No. 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 It's... Uh, able to it's hard. Yeah, you just you know compress it and put mm-hmm. it aside you can't let it you know if you if you let it get to you and you know bother you you're not going to be able to do the job 
Right. You know, that's like the, you know, I've seen terrific, uh, you know, horrific accidents and other things with children. And, you know, mm-hmm. at one time I, you know, had young boys and it's hard to, you know, take it and then go home and see your kids and see what happens and try to explain to people. And how do you, you know, keep it from eating you up? Right. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of hard. Yeah. You know? So how and how long were you then in LA? Because LA, I mean, just sounds tough <laughs> to to begin with. I just can't imagine. I did uh, in LA County itself. I only did two years. Okay. And then uh, I did a lot of time in Orange County and San Bernardino oh. County, Riverside County. But all pretty similar. I oh mean, yeah, they're all pretty. I mean, they're busy areas. Major, I learned a lot of stuff. You yeah, know, major it's not metropolitan. Like, for, right. For my limited experience, it sounds like Tahoe might have been the best. Place it was, to be. but it, that's why it took me, for, you know, sixteen years to get up there. Because <laughs> everyone else. Because <laughs> everybody to. else yeah. wants it up there. But you get the best training. I mean, this was like, um, you know, the OSP. If they're, you know, come out of the academy and come get assigned here, you're not going to really encounter this stuff. I mean. Right. My first night on the job, and when I went to I went to Santa Ana out of the academy. My first night on the job, we come on the freeway, and there's a call. They're chasing the two guys that just robbed some, robbed a convenience store. Well, then they tried to pass the some cars in the center divider, and it was an underpass. Oh, and they oh. launched it, yes. and that was my first. I mean, I walk up, and oh, this is what I got to start my first day on the job. Two dead gentlemen. Wow, amazing. And yet so, you kept going. Yeah, yeah. Do you have colleagues that that learn after those kind of firsts that, you know, this is not my cup of tea? Right. Yeah. yeah. I had several, you know, a couple of officers that got shot at that, you know, just couldn't take sure. it and retired. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not for everybody, you know, yeah. but I, that's something I wanted to do. I always yeah. and I enjoyed it and a little bit of excitement, a little adrenaline rush. So how how come Highway Patrol and not Sheriff's Office or local city cop? I first started as a, you know with the city police department. I, Highway Patrol I liked in California. It had the whole state, so I got to work in the mountains. I got to work near the ocean when I was riding motorcycles. I was in Westminster. Mm-hmm. We had PCH by Huntington Beach, Newport Beach, if you know down that area. Mm-hmm. I mean, what better place to go ride a motorcycle in the yeah. summertime than Newport Beach? <laughs> and was that a large part of it that you were a motorcycle guy and you were like, uh, hey, I, I can... only did three and a half years on motorcycles, mm-hmm. and I did that after I promoted the sergeant. But okay. I just. Uh, I enjoyed it. I and I moved around a lot because I enjoyed the different areas. I didn't want to get stuck in one area. That's why I'd find it hard to work for a police department like Astoria, read our warrant, and even you know it's a small area. You do twenty-seven years driving the streets here. It, you know, yeah. I liked a little more interest. And you also see all these people in the exactly. grocery store. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tahoe, you did too. Uh, oh, I bet. Oh my gosh, yeah, so two I grocery did, stores. Yeah, yeah, up there I did a lot of like I say PSAs. I did a taught a. Um, uh, put together a class for kids from high school, uh, winter driving. We had, uh, we'd get the fire department to come out to the airport, water down the tarmac at night. It would freeze. And I'd get the first student drivers in the morning. We'd set up cones and everything yeah. else and take them out there and show them how to drive on the snow and ice. So you know? we may have met because I did that story for sure. I mean, you obviously <laughs> did it all the time, but... Um, they yeah, you might with, have talked with one yeah. of the other guys. And they did it for reporters, too. Nice. So we got to go in the cars as well and not worry about crashing. Yeah. See, see, I learned to drive by going out on a frozen lake. Oh, there you go. And <laughs> that sounds terrible. Like, take it up to 30, and then I was told, like, spin the wheel and try to get out of it and learn how to... Right. Not so, panic. So, so what is some good advice? We've, it's, it's not relevant here in September, but... If it snows and we got a little bit of ice on the... Well, how, how do I safely drive? Stay home. Well, okay. If I have to drive, how do I safely drive? <laughs> on ice, you in, don't. In, yeah. in snowy conditions. In snowy conditions, it's fine. If, especially these hills here. If we, I, don't, 
I don't stay here in the winter. I go to Palm Springs. <laughs> but if you're coming down a road and there's a little bit of uh, like snow row on the side when you're coming down, mm-hmm. pull your tires over and let them drive into that snow row. It kind of slows you down and stuff. Don't stomp on the brakes. You know, that's the big thing. That's what I stay always... Stay off the brakes. I always tell people to stay steady. Not right. fast, not really slow, just nice and steady. And don't speed up, don't slow down, don't hit the brakes. Right. And you're fine. So we're wrapping up real fast. And I do okay. want to mention, because you are so very involved in our community here. Great Columbia Crossing for years. Um, the Astoria Crab Seafood and Wine Festival. A trolley operator. Uh, you do trails as well. Or is that out? Trail patrol at the Fort Clatsop. At Fort Clatsop. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, you're invested. Why? Um, so in 10 seconds, why here? Why do you continue to still remain here? We love the small town atmosphere. It's just great. People are wonderful. That's great. Except for his neighbor. (laughs) We got to bring him back because that's a whole list of things we need to talk about. Thank you so much. And thanks for joining us and sharing those very important stories that um, were part of history. Excellent. Go make some history. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us for An Adventure in History. An Adventure in History is created and produced by the Clatsop County Historical Society and brought to you by KMUN.